0: JM in the AM on this Thursday morning. Ari Wasserman is with us live via telephone. He is the author of a book entitled Making It Work, A Practical Guide to Halakha in the Workplace. Ari Wasserman and I are two of those people that that would uh, hesitate to let everybody know just how long we know each other. Ari Wasserman, welcome to JM in the AM.
1: Thank you so much. It's been over 30 years, let's
0: say that. It certainly is over 30 years. Unbelievable. Making it work, a practical guide to halacha in the workplace. Why did you write the book?
1: Very good question. I think I'd say it was uh, inspired when I started working back in the early 90s that I, when I got out in the secular workplace, I was encountering, let's say, challenges or questions as it relates to being from in a secular workplace, and I'll give just a, maybe a few quick examples. When I was summering at a law firm in Century City located in Los Angeles, the summer went easily. I was taken out by a number of uh, partners to uh, kosher restaurants, but at the end of the summer, there was a required lunch for all the summer associates, and it was at a trafe restaurant. Uh, it happened to be a Treff restaurant, not only a regular Treff restaurant, but a seafood restaurant located on Pico Boulevard right across the street from the Young Israel of Century City.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh,
1: yeah, and, I, and it, not, it was much worse than that, even. The entire front was glass, so people on the street, including the rabbi walking by from the Young Israel, could easily see right in. And there's actually a fish tank in the in the window that you could choose your lobster from. <laughs> so I had a, a question of going into Trayf restaurant. Obviously, I wasn't going to eat anything, but it's a Morris Ayan question. So that was even very early in my career. That, that was a question that came up. I was... Then I was on campus interviewing during my second year of law school, and a partner at a very prestigious New York law firm, uh, they accepted me as a, for a first-round interview. It was supposed to last 20 minutes. They had seen my resume and my grades. So that means you passed the test. They just want to meet you. And uh, the interview lasted an entire five minutes, and he spoke to my kippah, my yarmulke, the whole time, and did not make eye contact. And he basically dismissed me after five minutes. Obviously, the co- yarmulke was an issue. So that raises the question, do I have to wear a yarmulke in the workplace? And just uh, just a third example of, uh, of the things that uh, I encountered, and basically everyone in the secular workplace encounters I ordered when I was uh, working at 125 Broad Street in Manhattan uh, from a, a midtown uh, kosher restaurant. They were always careful about double sealing the meat uh, that was delivered. And one time it took two hours to arrive, it usually took 45 minutes, and uh, it came unsealed. And I had the question then, oh, was I allowed to eat it? Because as we know, just like an airplane food or airplane meal, you have to have it double steel, or you're not allowed to have it. So I, there I was sitting at work, 9 o'clock at night, starving, holishing, and I have this food sitting right in front of me. And I had the question, basur shini nine am I allowed to eat it? So lots of issues came up when I when I moved out to Los Angeles. I started giving a sheer on, on some of these topics, and then... When I moved on to Israel about uh, eight years ago, Ash Torah and then Or Samech asked that I give a shir on workplace halacha. They actually asked. First year on Chosh and Mishpat, and I said Choshen Mishpat ironically is not workplace halacha. There are a lot of other topics and issues that are brought in Orochaim uh, and in Yerodea and Ebenezer not in Choshen Mishpat. Choshen Mishpat is business halacha. Well,
0: I would say Choshen Mishpat is work halacha, not workplace it's halacha.
1: Workplace, yeah, it's right. work, it's business, right. usury issues, but all the bread and butter topics that we really experience so Geneva and interviewing and Marisain and all these issues. Um, th- th- well some of those are in Hashemish, but but basically a third of the topics in the in uh, making a work are Choshen and mishpat, the rest are non choshen and mishpat topics. So, so that I think that, that I saw when I was out there in, in, in the workplace that there was really nothing for people who, and that's most people working in the secular workplace, there was nothing to act as a guide for the real right. difficult issues that come up.
0: Ari Wasserman's is with us, making it work, a practical guide to halacha in the workplace. The, 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 I, I, I should point out, especially because of, of, of the way this conversation started, that the, there is a lot of positive aspect. Uh, to, to what you published, meaning that, uh, you do have chapters about Kiddush Hashem, wearing a kippah in the workplace, honesty and interviewing. And what I mean by positive is that, you know, the, these topics or these areas of life give all of us, men and women, an opportunity to, to really make a good name for ourselves and for our people. And that shouldn't be lost on everybody. Yes, you know, the, the question of whether to eat this, this meal that's unsealed, obviously a very important Allahi question. But I don't want to paint the picture that it's all, you know, negative opportunities, so to speak, or trying to recover from negative experiences. There's a lot of positive possibilities in the workplace. That's,
1: that's 100% correct. It's called surviving and thriving in the workplace, um, it starts out the first chapter is making a Kiddush Shem in the workplace, and uh, that's obviously what we're out there to do. I'll tell you a quick question, a quick story about Rav Pam. Rav Pam was asked by the son of a former student of his. Um, he was about to go work in Manhattan, and the student said, if I have to take my yarmulke off for the job, can I take the job? Rav Pam says, absolutely not. The yarmulke should stay on. If it's a requirement that you take it off, don't take the job. But there are three requirements to take the job. He said, number one, that you have to be the hardest worker in the office. Number two, you have to be the most honest in the office, and you have to be the most pleasant person around. You have to be greeting people. So there's a tremendous opportunity to make a Kiddush Hashem out there, and that's ultimately what we're there to do. And, of course, we're there to make a salary, but uh, we have to make a Kiddush Hashem all the time.
0: And you actually wrote a book about covering one's head in the workplace? Yeah.
1: Yeah, actually, well, the... the, the, um, I put out a two-volume work. It's about 1,500 pages on head coverings uh, for men, not for women. For men, uh, yarmulkes, hats, the history. Is it a obligation? Is it mitzvah Uh It covers uh, going to the swimming pool. I actually had a, a an interesting question uh, the other day. Somebody emailed me um, that uh, somebody, his wife, he's not able to exercise because of his knees, other than swimming, and his wife bought him an, a waterproof iPod. Does he have to wear a yarmulke? To
0: listen to shiurim while swimming, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. the reason I point that out about you know your expertise in that area is because you, I don't want the story about Rosh Pam to scare anybody. Meaning that obviously there are people in, in in a variety of situations in the workplace, and they should certainly consult with their with their own rabbi to determine what they should or should not do in terms of daily practice. Correct? I mean, I just a- absolutely. I don't correct. want to be scared There's off a whole that
1: chapter and work. There's a whole chapter in making a work on wearing yarmulkes, and Ravosha Feinstein uh, was actually lenient. Um, in certain circumstances. So there are times that there are heterim for it. Uh, I think people may invoke it a little bit too much, but uh, definitely a shaila has to be asked.
0: Uh, you cover items like uh, davening and learning, making time for Torah study, uh, making time to daven mincha during the day, and I assume you mean not just uh, by oneself, but ideally with a minion. You talk about davening with a minion in general, a topic that is always a big topic uh, in this building, because people know how when I was saying Kaddish, I was scrambling to actually get to a minion for Shachars, because of my uh, interesting uh, uh, schedule in this line of work, uh, I, I would I would guess that uh, again there are just uh, there are so many guidelines and and different twists and turns that these questions can take. There's, there's no I would assume there's no clear answer because of all the different circumstances that people out there can be in.
1: That's 100 percent correct because you actually have two questions when it comes to davening with a minion. Am I obligated to, to go? How far do I have to travel? But on the, on the flip side, if I'm on salary, am I prohibited to go because oh. I may be stealing from my employer? Then? Good
0: point. Minchab during lunchtime, possibly, right?
1: During lunchtime, a break. But I will mm-hmm. say one thing I miss, miss greatly from working in New York. I was at 250 Park, two blocks up in the stairwell minyanim, and then when I was down in uh, on the lower side, uh, the uh, Lower Manhattan, the, the uh, on Water Street, there was uh, in a basement there was two minchas and a Marv and a Daf <laughs> and the Aguda has out. Uh, there used to be a booklet, booklet. Now I think it's online. Every mincha in town, it's tremendous, tremendous Kiddush Hashem going out when people are able to to make minyan on the job.
0: And now because you're in Shalim you get to only do it. In a conventional shul, huh? <laughs> yeah, I miss those
1: days.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> that, that's what you're pining for—the good old days. Now, that you actually, now you actually go to a shul with an iron kodesh and have and have as proper a mincha as could be. Uh, Ari, it's a tough life. Ari Wasserman is with us. Making it work is the name of the book—a practical guide to halacha in the workplace, surviving and thriving at work. Halacha. Musr, hashkafa, and true stories like some of the ones you've told about your experience already uh, this morning. Uh, on the honesty, uh, you know, many people joke about uh, about office supplies and you know should they should they or can they be taken from work and expense accounts and how they are used. I would assume, just uh, b- based on the uh, on our conversation so far this morning, that that you are encouraging people to be meticulous when it comes to those things.
1: Yeah, it really depends. Uh, a lot of this is like uh, based on what the minhag medina is, and the minhag medina that's brought in the Gemara is actually defined as an industry standard. So every industry actually may have its own uh, its own details as to when is it permissible and when is it not permissible. I, I will tell typically people do uh, err on taking too much. I was working at a company in Los Angeles, a marketing company, and in 2004 we were having a difficult time financially, so we look at, looked at the P&L, profit and loss statement, seeing where was all the money going, and we saw that uh, 150 people, 100 of them were in the call center, so 50 on the corporate side, and $250,000 were going to office supplies. And we said, that sounds a little bit high for office supplies not a large company. And we realized that uh, we knew. But uh, the, the, uh, the cabinet with office supplies was located in the open kitchen for all employees, and it was not locked. So we made a simple change, not putting a lock on it. We actually moved the supply cabinet, left it unlocked still, but we moved it into the COO's office, the chief operating officer's office. And any time people needed to take office supplies, they knew they would be watched. But it was unlocked. Nice. And uh the cost was cut in half immediately.
0: Wow. <laughs> Go figure. Good adjustment. And actually it helps people it helps people deal with the office supply issue in a better fashion. Sort sort of a trust but verify fashion. Yes. So pe- absolutely. You know, people end up uh you know going into the closet much less often, I would suspect. Um yeah, taking less yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of Dina Damalchusa, Dina, you do address in the book uh, financial obligations to the government. Uh, I, I would again assume you encourage people to deal with their uh, personal and business taxes in a responsible manner.
1: Absolutely. Rav Schwab, uh, there's stories about Rav Schwab. He was actually audited, and I bring this in the book. And the IRS agent couldn't believe he was audited because he he didn't earn much, but he gave so much to DACA out of what he was earned, out of what he was uh, taking in. And the IRS agent went through in detail everything and afterward, the IRS agent wrote him a letter how strict or Shrub was that he has renewed his belief in humanity because of how strict he was about keeping all of his records and giving such charity on such a low salary. So uh, there, there are a lot of questions that do come up, and uh, I go into detail in the book on it, but uh, we have to make a Kedush Hashem, and unfortunately there have been a lot of Issues in and qualia that had we been stricter about uh, keeping, keeping these uh, halachas, uh... they wouldn't have occurred so uh definitely an important what's an interesting point i um they, they also have up a website called WorkplaceHalacha.com. dot com and I'm able to go, it has all the Shirim, it has English articles, Hebrew Makaras on it. Also, I'm able to go and look on Google Analytics to see which are the most uh, used um, topics. And it turns out that the top three topics number three is taxes, paying your taxes, in Dina the Mahusadina, which is what you just asked on. Number one is the Mara question, business meetings in non kosher restaurants. And number two is actually shaking hands with the opposite gender. Ah. So, uh, Taxes is a big one. Taxes, Dina right. It's listed as number three on, on the website.
0: Interesting. All right. And speaking of which, shaking hands, et cetera, The whole social aspect of work, especially these days. A, you know, you, you talk about holiday parties, non-Jewish social gatherings, even giving holiday gifts, and you talk about issues of yichud and shaking hands, et cetera. Uh, I, I would guess uh, again that this is, I mean, uh, a, a, you know, a, a variety of different situations. I mean, I, at this point. People who are not in a regular workplace, those who have the opportunity to spend their day in in uh, in um, Jewish environments, let's put it that way, whether it be uh, you know uh, schools and synagogues or kolels or you know companies that you know traditionally are, are Jewish and, uh, and 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 run by people who understand all the restrictions and all the all the customs and all the you know h- habitual things that we do and don't do for those who are not in that arena life could be very challenging and difficult in the workplace and very often those in the first category don't realize how difficult it can be um yeah so i again if if, if people want to explore this these are some of the topics you discuss and i i would guess you have stories from uh, from that uh, area of life as well
1: yeah, I'll, I'll, from, from a lot of stories are included in it to illustrate the point. But as, as you mentioned before, this is an important point of the bo- book, is there are challenges, but there are solutions. And right. that's what the book is about. It's not about problems. It's, a, it's about uh, surviving and really thriving in a secular
0: workplace. Wow, unbelievable. And everybody has an opportunity to really uh, make their mark in a positive manner. In this type of situation or really any type of situation, obviously, but when it comes to the workplace, it's somewhere where you are every single day and you know people get to know you and uh and they'll get to know if you you know the sincerity behind what you do and uh I would hope that everybody would use the opportunity to really help bridge um uh you know bridge the differences and be friendly and pleasant and at the same time you know maintain the holiness that we are known for' agree, fully agree. So there you have it, Making It Work. Ari Wasserman's new book is entitled Making It Work, A Practical Guide to Halacha in the Workplace, Surviving and Thriving at Work, Halacha, Musr, Hashkafa, and True Stories. And I'm told, you, we mentioned the book about the, the Kipa, about the yamaka uh, but I'm told you have others as well out there.
1: Yeah, Baruch Hashem, I just finished a five-volume set called Hegionea Parsha. It's also distributed by Feldheim, so it's making it work by Feldheim. And it's, uh, actual topics. Tvarim just came out a couple months ago. The actual topics, uh, not, in some workplace, but it's not, it's not based on the workplace, it's like, uh, eating in the street. Uh, Gemara says it's Pasol Eidu, so what does that mean? Eating in the street. Um, so that's, uh, one of the topics, and, uh, um can you steal somebody 's date it's uh there's an issue of onmarhar or see stealing somebody's transaction so if somebody's dating somebody, can uh, somebody else a intervene and and steal that date. Um, can you put out a candle with your mouth, for example, Abdullah, we're no hake to not do that. That's a, lot. a lot of uh, interesting, relevant halakhalamaysa uh, topics. That one is in Hebrew. The Haginah Parsh is in Hebrew, and the uh, head coverings, Otsar HaKippah, is in Hebrew, but uh, Making It Work is in English. Um, first first English book out that I've put out.
0: Unbelievable. Ari Wasserman, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck with the book. I assume it's available everywhere. You said Feldheim distributes it. I assume people can get it uh, through them and uh, and these days. You know. At
1: your local bu- bookstores, and the prophets go to tzed- Tzedakah, so it's, uh, it's a double mitzvah.
0: There you go. Great speaking with you. Continued good luck, and uh, best regards, everybody in Jerusalem.
1: Thank you so much. Have a good day. Have a good Shabbos.
0: Ari Wasserman, making it work. He live from Jerusalem. Yeah, a lot of topics. A lot of topics he went through just now, and a lot of questions. A lot of things i never even thought of, frankly. Uh, Thursday morning broadcast. Plenty more coming up at nine minutes before eight o'clock. You are listening to JM in the AM.